You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, we ask for understanding. Give us grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So people of God, we've been talking about the temple its systems and its practices. And for the past um, week, we've been looking at unveiling the temple and we've looked mostly at the introductory aspects of unveiling the temple. Then we've looked at the purpose of the temple. On Thursday, we did talk about the purpose of the temple. The temple, as we already said, so this is the background. I'm, I'm going to keep repeating these things. When we talk about the temple, we have to know that it's a building block. The first building block is that every temple is constructed on a sacred ground. The sacred ground is that God that God has possessed for himself. On the sacred ground, we raise an altar. The altar is the gateway or the doorway to the other dimension. On the altar, we give sacrifices. I'm going to get into it today as we talk about activities in the temple. Now, the altar is a gateway, but God desires more than that. In Exodus 25 verse 8, he says that we should build him a sanctuary so that he will dwell among the people. So God desires to not to just dwell, be found in the sacred space, but he also wants to be housed and hosted. So the temple is for housing and hosting the presence of God or God or the Holy Spirit. It's for housing and for hosting. Now, remember, we are talking about temple in the generic sense because technically, when we talk about temple, we are talking about a specific thing When we in the Bible. When we talk about the temple, we are looking at uh, the, the the buildings or the structures that were built by Solomon, Herod, and in also what we call the second temple. So that is that is the technical reference to the temple. We have before that that temple we have what we call the tent of meeting or the tabernacle of Moses. We have the tent of David or the tabernacle of David. Then we also have Ezekiel's temple. Then we have the temple called man. This is what we see. When we look at First Corinthians chapter three and also First Corinthians chapter six, so and we realize that the temple was built for a purpose. When we look at God's instructions for the construction of the building, mostly in the in, in the story of the Exodus, you're going to find that God said that He wanted a place where He could stay. So a temple is built first to host and to house God. That's the first thing. The second thing is that it is it is built to create a space so that men can offer worship to God or to a spirit or to a deity. For the purposes of we being Christians, I'm going to restrict myself from henceforth to only refer to God, make reference to God. Also, we did say that <clears throat> the architectural standards of the temple must solely be dictated by, by God or by the deity that we want to build for. Because what we are attempting to do is to replicate the environment, their environment in the spirit realm, in the physical realm. So they are the ones that are going to tell us the building blocks or the building materials we can use to replicate their environment. So every temple that is dedicated to God must be specified by God. We see this when we read First Chronicles chapter 28 especially verse 19, when David says that all these things, all these plans that I'm talking about, it was given to me in details by the hand of God himself. Then we also see that um, the, I did make a point about um, God being transactional in the sense that anytime he, the gates are opened and when and we also did say that the, the altar is for invitation and invocation. When altars are raised, we are invoking and we are inviting. When the spirit responds to our call or when we respond, actually when we respond to the invitation of the spirit, because the spirit will first make contact for us to build or to be in relationship with it. So when we when the spirit first makes contact and we respond, he will enter into a covenant with us or a, or a contract with us. And in the contract, the, the spirit or the deity will be like a salesman. He will tell us what he can do for us and how he wants to do it and his expectation for us. Then also we did talk about 
the temple being some kind of a command center or a broadcast site where we, we it's supposed to be used for the publishing of the ideology of the spirit to whom we have pledged allegiance for us that is god a, a temple is supposed to be a broadcast center for publishing the ideologies of god in order to influence a territory um then a temple is also built as a means of honoring the deity honoring god david said that i will not build anything that costs me nothing he looked at his life he looked at how much god has helped him so he decided to build something magnificent for god and we as i said uh, bible scholars tell 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 us that the the temple that solomon built if it is being priced today it is going to be in excess of 100 billion dollars it is the most extravagant temple ever built for any deity then the other one which is supposed to um, catapult us into today's topic is that the temple is built to teach us how to serve god how to serve god it is built so that we will learn service to deities the temple is built to teach man how to uh, perform services for deities and so that brings us to our topic for today which is temple activities pathways to gateways temple activities pathways to gateways um before i say that um i want to make these points um temple activities are pathways they are pathways in the sense that if we are able to follow the instruction now remember david before solomon bill said that everything that i received i received from the hand of god himself moses in exodus 25 verse 9 tells tells us that god said that build according to the pattern that i will show you it stands to reason that the activities in the temple were ordained by god and they were ordained in in a form of a process and if we are able to keep all the processes involved in the temple activity the end result is that we are going to see god come and dwell in the temple it is very important that we get that so the temple activities are supposed to be a pathway which when we follow according to its prescribed form will lead us to a gateway it stands therefore to reason that anytime we sway away from performing temple activities according to its prescribed form we are not going to experience the divine environment that we intend to experience it is important topics are very very important um, there are two categories I want to place the temple itself in. There are two categories I want to place the temple in. I want to refer to the first category as a meeting place, a, a, a building which is a meeting place. It is a meeting place in the sense that it is a building structure. It is a building structure. So the tent, the one that Solomon from from Moses to um to Ezekiel, they are all a meeting place, a physical place where we can go to have fellowship that is why when we read the bible in the new testament he said that we should we should not neglect the fellowship of the saints and so it, and jesus said that where two or three are guarded in my name so that is the first category of the temple now the second category is what i call the dwelling place so remember there is the meeting place temple and there is the dwelling place temple now the dwelling place is the human structure that is because god dwells in man in john's gospel chapter 14 he says that and i will live in you and you will live in me so god dwells in man so that is the two broad categories i want to classify the temples right so the meeting place so anytime i make reference to the meeting place know that it is the building structure and anytime that i talk about the dwelling place know that i'm talking about the human temple why is it important that we split them into these two categories it is because 
God gives specific activities for the meeting place. And there is also specific activities for the dwelling place. There are specific activities that must be performed in the meeting place. And there are specific activities that must be performed in the dwelling place. The dwelling place is the human structure. God says in John chapter 14 that I will dwell in you. I will dwell in you. Also, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19, it says that, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which lives in you? So, when I talk about the dwelling place, I'm talking about God living in man. And when I talk about the meeting place, we are talking about believers gathering in a building structure to encounter God. Okay, so we have to understand that the total experience for the believer only occurs when we are able to meet the prescribed activity, set of activities to be held or the processes to be held in these two categories. That is what will guarantee us a complete divine experience. So I want to rephrase it and put it this way, that a total keeping of both temple activity requirements ensures the maximum experience of God. A total keeping of both temple requirements that is the requirement for the meeting place and the requirement for the dwelling place ensures the maximum experience of God. Have you heard when some people say that as for God, we worship him in our hearts. So there's no need for me to go to church. No, you can experience God in the temple, in the building structure. Yes. And then you can also experience God in the human structure. The fact that you are experiencing God in the human structure does not mean that you are experiencing God in totality. Individual encounters are different from corporate encounters. Individual impacts are different from corporate impacts. We have to understand that. So it is the individual encounter and the corporate encounter that guarantees us the maximum experience of God. So you cannot be a Christian and say that I, because of COVID, I will no longer go to church uh, I'll, I'll watch our our list our fellowship online no online is good but there is something about being in the building so let's take note of that now today my focus is going to be on the because time is fast spent i'm going to just concentrate on the meeting place the activities in the meeting place now in talking about the activities in the meeting place, technically, we have to read everything from Exodus 25 to chapter 30, then also everything in Leviticus. When we read everything in these two books and, and some portions of the book of Numbers, we are going to get um, a full picture. About, so to, to look at the, the activities of the meeting place, we have to look at the arrangement of the tabernacle of Moses. We can look at the tabernacle of, or we can look at um, their plans for the tabernacle or the temple of Solomon, but that one is a bit complex. The more simplified version, which I believe is replicated in an uh, exponential form in the temple of Solomon, is what uh, God gave to Moses. So we are going to look at the, the structure of the temple or the tabernacle of Moses. Um, I wish, I wish a small structure. So in the plan, you will see that we have um, 100, the, the, the entire tabernacle is 150 feet in length, 75 feet in width. Then it is also, that, 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 that is the, the division, that is what we call the courtyard, the courtyard, that it is an enclosure, remember? The tabernacle is an enclosure. So it, it is about a specific landmass, right? So God can be found in a particular location. Listen to me. God can be found in a particular location. 
So when God told them to build the tabernacle, he demonstrated that he can be found in a specific or a specified location by giving them the exact dimensions of the outer court, 150 feet by 75 feet. Now the outer court has only one gate. It faces the east. It faces the east. Now remember, in the garden, when God drove them out, he drove them out from the east. When we read the book of Ezekiel, it will tell you that when the glory of God left the temple in chapter 10, it's left by the east gate. He left by the east gate. And also in Ezekiel's temple in chapter 42 to 48, when the glory of God is being brought back into the temple, he enters through the west gate, the west gate, the west gate. But it tells us that there is only one entrance into the presence of God. There is only one entrance into the presence of God. There is only one path to the presence of God. You have to go through one gate. Now on the gate, there were curtains. The curtains had four different colors. They were made of four different things. Linen, scarlet, the, the purple and the blue um, um, linen. So these were the four things that divided, the, the, that formed the curtains to the outer courts. It means that um, we, w- what happens is that uh, Bible scholars tend to attribute, see, we, 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 we claim that the colors are symbolic. So we say white stands for righteousness, scarlet or red stands for redemption, the blood of Jesus, the wine, the Holy Spirit. People have all kinds of descriptions for the color red. The blue is the color of heaven and the purple is the color of royalty. So you have to understand that the tabernacle of Moses too was arranged in a particular set. It was pitched in the desert, in the desert. Now, I don't know what you know about the desert in the Bible, but you realize that any time the desert is mentioned in the Bible, um, as Jesus told a parable and he said that when a demon is cast out of a human being, he goes and wanders in the desert places. So desert is not a place that in the Bible it speaks of um, confusion, it speaks of lack, it speaks of harshness, it speaks of trouble. Desert is not a good place. But the tent was pitched in the desert. Now, if the colors of the curtains in the gate are, are significant as we we see then what god is telling you is that whenever you are coming out of the desert place and entering into the tabernacle space you have to understand that you are entering into a different space if white stands for righteousness he's telling you that you are entering into a space that remember we say that that space is what we call the secret space you are entering into a space that requires you to be righteous a space that requires you to acknowledge that there is a heaven and there is a God and that God is a royal. He is a king. You are entering into the space of a king. And also the, the red is, we say, signify, signifies uh, atonement, forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit, wine and all those things. So you, you are entering into a space that is not like the desert place. So you are being conscientized. And it means that entering through the curtain, you need a certain attitude to enter. So when we read the Psalms, David said that I will enter your courts with praise. I will enter your courts with praise. So remember that. Now, when you enter, the first thing that you see, that is the, the, what we call the, the bronze altar. That is the big square thing that you see where the priest is holding the lamps. That is where the animals are sacrificed. Now, on the sides of the brazen, alt- brazen altar, you see six, three tables, one on the left, one on the right. That is where the animals were slaughtered for sacrifice. So the first thing that you see when you enter through the gate is animals being slaughtered. Mm-hmm. What it means is that uh, whatever that enters that space that is not divine, basically, if you are sinful, you have to let your sin die. So the, the altar of sacrifice is the place where we lay down our sins, the place where we lay down all our troubles and, and we ask God to take over, right? So we that's the first thing that you see. The second thing that you see is the brazen labor. That is the secular bull there. It is where the, the priest will put water 
and that's where they will perform ablution yes the priest performed ablution they wash their hands it's called the water of purification they will cleanse themselves before they sacrifice the animals and also before they enter into the tents it is very important that you remember that now after you've washed yourself in the brazen liver or the bronze liver um that's where you actually see the tabernacle proper and it also has one gate one gate um one gate the same number of curtains as you saw when you were entering four curtains put together white blue um purple and scarlet now one of the significant things that you see on both of these curtains is that they have woven into it the the symbol of the cherubim the cherubim the cherubim the cherubim the cherubim all of them had the cherubim <laughs> one on the left one on the right so imagine the bible says that when god drove adam out he sent the cherubim and a flaming sword to go and protect the tree of life and also of knowledge of good and evil but particularly the tree of life and so when you are entering the presence of god you also see that god is saying that the, the cherubim they are still standing at the gate they are still standing at the gate they are still protecting right so check your attitude so you realize that in entering the the, the activities so there is the sacrifice there is the washing and when there is the washing then there is the entering into the presence of god now before i talk about entering into the presence of god now remember everybody that was on the outer court was not in the presence of god they were in the sacred space but they were not in the presence of god it's like israel coming out of egypt and they are in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night as much as they were experiencing god they they were not also experiencing god that is why you could see some of them so act in unbelief that is why we could see so so the fact that you are in the sacred space does not necessarily mean you have seen god you are in the place where there is a possible encounter with god but it doesn't guarantee that you are in that space right so let's also be mindful of that now when you enter now before i talk about the entry only one there there is something we know that the tribe of levi was the tribe that served god right but technically that is not true technically that is not true in the tribe of levi there were the priests the priests were only the household of aaron only the household of aaron formed the priest now you you have to understand this to appreciate the kind of activities that goes on so if you look at the genealogy how many of us have read the genealogy when when we are reading the old testament how many of us skip <laughs> i'm sure many people skip when it gets to the genealogy but you shouldn't skip you should read it it's very important that you understand the genealogy so jacob had a son his name was levi now levi had three sons they were gershom kohat and merari these are what we call the levitical clans these are the people who challenged moses that they are also levite they are sons of jacob so they can also become priests like aaron and they challenged moses and moses said that okay let every family head bring their family staff and let's put it in the presence of god whichever one is able to bud and fruit they are the ones that will enter into the presence of god and the bible says that the rod of aaron budded and bore fruits and after that moses prayed and all the other members who were rebelling against him the family of the uh, the kohatites the geshomites and the memariites or the mamarites or whatever we want to call them they were swallowed up by the earth they are not called into priesthood Gershom and Merari are part of the Levitical clan, but the priests are born from the clan of Kohat. Kohat had a son. His name, his name was um, Amram. Amram. Kohat had a son. His name was Amram. 
Amram had three children. Now, it is these three children that we know as Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. It is the children of Amram that God is going to choose to stand in his presence. And it's from that family, God chose Moses as a prophet, and he chose Aaron as the high priest. Miriam was cursed. We know what happened. We know what happened. Now, the Levitical priests are exclusive members from the line of Aaron. So what I'm trying to say is that if you look at the last picture that was posted, everybody that walked in the outer courts was part of the family of Aaron, was part of the family of Aaron. It is very important that you get that. It is only the ironic genealogy or the posterity or the family of Aaron that found themselves in the courtyard slaughtering and cleaning sweeping lighting the the menorah as we know it or what we call the branched lampstand that one we talk about it very soon so you have to understand that now aaron had four sons nadab abihu eliezer and ethemah now remember out of these Two of them died when we read Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Can you post Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1 and 2 for me? You realize that two of his sons died and God told him not to cry. <laughs> you, when everybody dies, you are crying. <laughs> anyway, then the Bible says they died because they offered a strange fire before God. They violated a process in the temple activity. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense in on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. So the key word is that they offered unauthorized incense, unauthorized fire. So Nadab and Abihu died and he was left with Eliza and Ithamar, right? The, 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 that goes on. I don't want to go into that. So you have to understand that all the people that are working in the temple, they are now they are now sons of Ithema and Eliezer. These are the only people that we find them working in the temple now. It is important that you remember that. Now, as as this is happening, now remember we are talking about temple activities. The reason why I'm drawing your attention to this is this. Before you can enter into the true tabernacle, you have to be authorized. You have to be authorized. How do we get authorized? It means that one, our sins must be atoned for on the altar of sacrifice. Two, our sins must be cleansed and washed by the washing of the water. Three, that we are of the family that has been appointed to work in the temple as in the tabernacle proper before you see there are people who were appointed to work outside the tabernacle because they did not have faith and there were others that were appointed to work in the tabernacle because they had faith we will talk about that some other time but today i just want to focus on the activities so there is the sacrifice, there is the washing, then there is the entrance. When you enter, there's the table of showbread on your right and the branch lampstand on your on your left. You see it here in the picture. Now the table of showbread had 12 loaves of bread, one from each tribe, and wine at the table. Then so there is now the table of showbread is also called the table of the feast. The table of the feast is the place of encounter, as is um, my father in the Lord, Dr. George, will explain it as it is the place where we kiss God. Because literally, um, the word feast there in Hebrew, when you look at the extended meaning of the of the word there, which explained as feast, is actually kissing, it's kissing. So the table of showbread is the place where we kiss with the Lord. It's the place of fellowship. It's the place where we break bread. It's the place where we, 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 we share laughter. We share communion, right? That's the table of showbread. 
then the the lamp stand the branch lamp stand uh, is has various divisions i don't want to go into today but it, it must be lighted the light it is the only light in the tabernacle the light on the branch lamp stand is the only light in the tabernacle right it is the only thing that gives light the bible says it must not go out either in the day or in the evening it must always burn that light must always shine so that is also um one of the things that we see and be, when we come inside we see the altar of incense now the only person who was authorized to offer incense on the altar was the high priest it was the high priest so i don't know if you remember the story of john the baptist he will tell you that while his father was offering incense that's when um the angel of the lord appeared so the high priest is the only one appointed to offer incense and that is why nadab and abihu were killed because they, they they were not the right people to offer incense to god that is why the fire was called strange fire now why is this important it is important to know that temple activities are performed according to order order in the sense that there is hierarchy in the performance of activities there are people who are appointed now mostly those who are working outside the court you have to be 20 years and above in one levitical test it said you have to be 30 years before another test says that when they are 20 they must start temple services so bishop dark has something called serving god at 20 that is the inspiration for that program serving god at 20 because when you are 20 according to the test you are supposed to begin temple activities um i made i wrote something the other time and i want to find it because i want to say something i'm going to end very soon because this one is going to take time i'm mentioning these things next thursday we are going to go into some of the applications so i hope i hope i didn't write yes so the temple activities are made of protocols the processes are full of one rituals so that's the first thing that you see there is a ritual the ritual is that you offer sacrifices you wash yourself you enter into the temple depending on what your charge is if you are the one who is supposed to make sure that the bread you see the other thing is that the bread on the table of showbread was always supposed to be fresh every week so they put it there for seven days after seven days it had to change so if it was your duty to make sure that it had it was changed you go in there you change you come out the wine make sure that it is fresh uh-huh. so there are rituals there are methods and approaches in temple activities there are rituals there are methods and approaches but i prefer approaches so let's say there are rituals there are approaches there are also orders or liturgy orders or liturgy some of us we don't like liturgy <laughs> then there is also hierarchies and ranking hierarchies and ranking every activity in the temple is performed according to a rank every activity in the temple is performed according to a rank how do we know this how do we know this how do we know this we know this because of what the bible says right now if the the altar of incense the purpose of the altar of incense is also for intercession so whenever the priest was offering the prayer with the incense burning what he was asking was that he was pleading with god to forgive the sins of israel especially the sins that they didn't know were sins we are going to talk about some of these things in details because it's they are very very interesting i want to read the bible because all of the bible so that we know that everything that we are we are seeing it's actually in the bible now we are talking about the tabernacle of moses so we want to look at the test i want to look at numbers okay so i want to read numbers chapter 18 can we can we can we post verse 1 so the lord said to aaron you and your sons and your father's house with you shall bear the iniquity connected with the sanctuary and you and your sons with you shall bear the iniquity connected with your priesthood and with you bring your brothers also the tribe of levi the tribe of your father that they may join you and minister to you while you and your sons with you are before the tent of the testimony what am i saying i'm trying to tell show the ranking right 
So in the ranking, Aaron as a high priest with his sons, they minister before God and they bear the sins of the people. But Aaron bears the highest responsibility. Now, he says that join your brothers who are Levites, but they are not priests. Let them join you. I'm reading verse 2. To minister to you. So the, the, the clan, other clan members of the family of Levi, they minister to the priests. So it means that in the temple, there are those who minister to the priests. And the priests in turn ministers to the, to God. And God in turn ministers to the priest, and the priest in turn ministers on behalf of the people or to the people. Please listen to me carefully. In the sanctuary, in the temple, one of the activities is that everything is done. We have rituals. We have people who are assigned to perform the rituals. We have, um, um, hey, what did I say? So we have rituals. We have pro- approaches. The way, the way you should kill the animal how you should offer the offerings. There are There is an approach. There is a way to offer sacrifices. There is a way to wash yourself. There is a way to enter into his presence. There is a way to offer the incense. There is a way to enter into, there is, there is an approach. That approach, it is, uh, it is, it is done according to liturgy. Liturgy. It means that something happens before another thing happens. It's church processes. They shall keep guard over you and over the whole tent. So it means that the other members of the tribe of Levi will protect the church. They will protect the tabernacle and they will protect Aaron and he said, they shall keep guard over you and over the whole tent. So they had bodyguards. Those people who are so spiritual, they say that Christians don't want to die. So now they have bodyguards. Even even Aaron and his and his family members, they had bodyguards. It's there. It's right there. But shall not come near the vessels of the sanctuary or to the altar, lest they lest they and you die. So it means that those who are supposed to protect the tent, the building, and the people, if they enter into the court so it means that they did not go beyond that 175 by 170 170 by uh, uh, i can't say 45 dimension thing they couldn't enter they stood outside their job is to protect the tent and the priest if they enter they die and it's not only they who will die. It is you, the priest, who allow them to enter. You will die with them. <laughs> hey, it's so easy. Eh? Then verse 4 says that they shall join you and keep guard over the tent of meeting for all the service of the tent. And no outsider shall come near you. And you shall keep guard over the sanctuary and over the altar. So the job of the priest is to keep charge over the sanctuary and over the altar, right? That they may never again be wrath on the people of Israel. But it means that the, 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 the work of the priest was to ensure that God was never angry with Israel. And behold, I have taken your brothers, the Levites, from among the people of Israel. They are a gift to you. So Levi is a gift to the priest. Hey, interesting. Given to the Lord to do the service of the tent of meeting. The service of the tent of meeting. Uh, so a liturgy are the steps. So everything is done step by step, step by step, step by step. Process, step one, step two, step three. And you and your sons and with all of you shall guard your priesthood. Now that's the charge, the activity, the charge of the priest is that you will guard your priesthood for all that concerns the altar. And that is within the veil. That is within the veil. So here, what is within the veil? The veil is actually the tabernacle proper when you enter the holy place. Now remember that tabernacle proper has two chambers, the holy place and the holies of holy. So he's saying that the priest will enter into the veil. That is where they will they will give their life their service so the role of the priest is not on the outside of the court they they do the altar service they do the washing but their true charge is inside the veil uh we are reading with you and your sons you shall guard your priesthood for all that concerns the altar that is within the veil and you shall save i give your priesthood as a gift any outsider who comes near shall be put to death so when jesus was living he gave gifts to men so it means that those who were given charge of the of the activities inside the veil if they do anything out 
outside their activity they will die hmm. then the lord spoke to aaron behold i have given you charge of the contributions made to me all the consecrated things of the people of israel i have given them to you as a portion and to your sons as a perpetual due yeah, I, 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 all the activities are performed according to ranking i want to end with this listen the tent of meeting is not as we have made it in our time we do anything anyhow there is no method there is no approach there is no order if you go to some places and when they are worshiping god now remember everything that is described in the temple as we are going to find on thursday you realize that god does not actually care about the how how israel feels when they are in the temple is because when you enter into the veil everything is more of how god feels about the people not how the people feel about god now the church has been like how the people feel about god the temple activities have been so ordained such that we can approach god so that we can touch god so that we can experience god it is not so that god can experience man remember the temple was built to house and to host god you only house and host somebody you want to entertain we are supposed to entertain god god is not supposed to entertain us in his presence we are rather supposed to entertain god so that he he stays but in our time temple activities are arranged in the other form it is rather we trying to see how god can entertain the people so that the people can stay but that's not how god works and that is why there are no encounters in the temple there are people who are entering into the courtyard of god and they are not yet sacrificing their lives romans chapter 12 says that offer yourselves a living sacrifice we no longer people entering into the temple offering themselves as a living sacrifice we no longer see people who are washing themselves you have to wash yourself god does not have to wash you you have to wash yourself before you enter into the veil before you go through the veil you have to wash yourself now there are people who are coming into the church hoping that as they are there god will wash them they willingly go and sin and come and sit in church saying that when god changes us that is when we will change purification is the responsibility of the priest now remember in the new testament we are not arranged according to this order now remember we belong to the order of melchizedek i'm going to talk about that next week so that we contextualize the experience our order is not according to the levitical priesthood but the levitical priesthood has not been abolished by god in the sense that it is it is the 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 processes and the and 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 the methodologies that surrounded it are still in keeping because everything was done remember he said that moses built according to the pattern that you saw so it means that what moses saw was something that was being done in heaven now remember in also in hebrews hebrews chapter 8 we we are told that jesus as a high priest he stands in the true sanctuary of god not built by the hands of man so it means that there is an actual sanctuary and the the sanctuary is kept by priests the activities of the temple are performed by priests if you are not a priest you are not supposed to be allowed to be performing in the sanctuary that is not what i said that's what the bible said so sometimes we see some pastors inviting some worldly people to come and sing on the stage saying that sometimes when we let them come in they sing um uh, it will soften their heart to 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 serve god who told you the altar of god is holy how can a fornicator come and hold a, 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 a microphone and say that i'm worshiping song i am worshiping i am leading a people to praise and to worship god it is a curse so many strange fires being offered in the temple temple activities are exclusive responsibilities of priests that is why if you are not born again if you are not truly born again you should not be doing anything in the church it, it will not help you it is a curse it is a curse it is a curse it is only priests that perform sanctuary activities sometimes people are giving opportunities to preach christ when they are not born again 
They're saying that we are hoping that as they preach, they will be they will feel guilty by their preaching. Who told you? Told you. So the activities of the temple require that one, there must be a sacrifice. The sacrifice is a life. Everything that went on the bronze altar was a life, a sheep, a cow, a dove. They were all killed. It was life offered on the altar. If you want to enter, if you want to participate in temple activity, you must offer your life. After you offer your life, the next thing is that you must wash yourself. What does it mean? It means that you must keep to the standards of righteousness. You must keep to the standards of righteousness. That is what the, the bronze the bronze bowl was for. That's what the bronze bowl was for, for the washing, for the purification. You must wash yourself. You must wash yourself. It is about keeping the standards of righteousness. Someone says that, Blessed is the man that sits not in the seat of the scornful, stand in the way of sinners. You see, Christians have become too loose in our time. Too loose. Too loose. We don't like washing ourselves. We don't like, we don't enjoy washing ourselves. We come to the presence of God dirty and we come singing a song like, Forgive me if you are not Ghanaian. Because for God, he only likes the dirty things. Who told you? The sanctuary is a sacred ground. Nothing unclean is permitted within the confines of the sacred ground. God likes the clean things. That is why the curtain, the white linen curtain, the white linen the white linen curtain that stands for the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God. It's a reminder that any time you are entering into the temple, you must pay attention to your righteousness. We must learn to live right. You know that the thing you are doing is wrong. Why are you still doing it? You can't stop doing it. Today, I, I took a boat and the driver was telling me that he, he stopped having a girlfriend after somebody forcefully put a wrong pregnancy on him. And from that day, he, he has vowed until he marries him, he will never have a girlfriend. So it, it means that he had the power to say no. But you know the interesting thing, he lived with the woman for two years. So your fornication, it is you are doing it willingly. You're stealing, you are doing it willingly. You're lying, you are doing it willingly. If you choose to live right, you will live right. Because there are people who don't believe in God and they say that I will not drink. They don't drink. I will not smoke. I will not. They don't smoke. I will not lie. They don't lie. We call them the moralist. So if a person without the uh, help of the Holy Spirit can live right, how much more you who has been regenerated by the Spirit, born by the Holy Ghost? Temple activities are divided into different experiences, outer court experiences, within the veil experience. Within the veil experience, the, the, the first chamber within the veil is where you can have the table of showbread. You can sit there and kiss God, to have a meal with him, to share bread, to share your life. At the table, we share our life, we share our stories. In the veil, we have light from the branch lights. We have light, the light of revelation. By the light of revelation, we approach the altar of incense, asking God for mercy, asking God for help, asking God for deliverance. Prayer is a temple activity. You are a Christian and you are not praying. You will die. You are a Christian and you are not offering incense. You will die. Incense offering is part of temple activity. Somebody is saying, should it, does it mean that? When I say that, it doesn't mean like die like dead. I'm talking about like God told Adam you will die. You, that is what will happen to you. In the in, in, Incense offering is, is part of temple activity. You must learn how to offer incense. What is incense? Incense are spices that are being burnt. What what is it supposed to do? It's supposed to produce a smell, a smell. Your smell. What did Jacob say when he was blessing his son? When he thought, when when Jacob thought that he was blessing Esau, when he was no, when Isaac thought he was blessing Esau, but he was rather blessing Jacob. He said that the smell of my son is like the smell of a fruitful field. In, in Revelation chapter 12, he said that, And the prayer of the saints rose with the incense and entered into the nostrils of God. And then there was a reaction where there was light in tendrance 
that was after after the offering was and the prayer was accepted he said it was held back on the earth and it became thunders and lightnings incense spices your life must be fragrant some of us when you stand anywhere and you say that i am a christian people will laugh people will cry people will say ah you it can't be why because there is no incense there is no fragrance the fragrance of christ cannot be smelt on you songs of songs chapter one he says that your name is like the oil poured forth and the oil produces a fragrance he said that and because of the fragrance of your name the virgins do desire you when they look at you nobody desires god the smell that is coming out of your life it is a stench it is an abomination in the presence of god so a lot of people we are pretending to be priests standing by the altar of incense every prayer that we are offering it is a stench to god it is refused in heaven it is refused in heaven i want to end this it is not a joke a lot of people are dying in church because we have neglected temple activities the reason why when you go to the coven of witches the meeting of the all cult the power of darkness is potent is because they give due reference to temple activities it is only in the house of god that the children of god do not give due reference to temple activities are so much disorder in the house of god because we have neglected temple activities and how it is supposed to be done now the person who is supposed to offer the sacrifice says that i want to enter the veil and i want to be the one to bake the bread and go and put the bread on the table the one who is supposed to light the candle says that i don't want to light the candle so now i want to be the one to sacrifice the meat because i realize that those who sacrifice the meat they are able to take part of the meat imagine because you've gone to bible school you and your your pastor is illiterate you think you are a better pastor you are a better leader than your pastor because you speak english so when when your when your leader is speaking you say that oh you are wrong you are wrong you are wrong let me tell you how it is done hey. now remember every rank in the temple was appointed by god it was not appointed by man so the fact that you are 30 years old 50 years old and god says that a 17 year old should be the pastor that christianity is not about how long you serve god he says that when he was ascending on high he gave gift unto men he told Jeremiah, when you were in your mother's womb i appointed you a prophet god does not choose his people based on age and experience he chooses them because he has chosen them and so when we read hebrews chapter 12 he says that no man has dishonor to himself save he is called by god old men and old women insulting young pastors because they think that they've served god for 25 years and he just got born again five years ago and they ordained him a pastor so i know better than you so that the old man is able to tell the pastor that listen to me i am older than you <laughs> the, 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 the temple activities is not about i am older than you it is by divine appointment it is by divine appointment people of god let's learn to get back you see uh, we are going through the temple this year so that our attitude in church will change trust me if if everything that we are learning here if we are able to put it in practice you will realize that everything that the bible says is true you know people say that the bible says that after solomon had made an end of praying and he had offered uh, the sacrifice and he had made an end of praying fire came from heaven and consumed the sacrifices and the glory of god filled it you will realize that that thing is real it is not a story when was the last time you saw god in your church when was the last time you saw god take over in your church it is because you have neglected temple activities as we go on this journey to recover remember we are in the year of restorations and we are recovering the ancient practices i want to read a scripture about in isaiah I, my, my phone is frozen it says that show me the ancient paths that i may walk in them we are here to recover the the truths of the ancient path the truth of the heavens the truth of god so that wherever we go he said wherever two or three are gathered in my name there i am in their midst 
it is time that anytime where two or three gather in his name because we are keeping to the pattern of temple activities as prescribed by god we must see god move we must see god do wonderful things we must see god heal we must see god deliver we must see god open the eyes of the when was the last time the eyes of the blind was open in the church that you go to when was the last time that the barren supernaturally became pregnant when was the last time the lame walked when was the last time somebody with a disorder was completely healed it is because we are not keep on temple activities as prescribed by god and i know that as we come back to the original patterns a day is going to come where two or three are going to hold a microphone but because they have done so as he has prescribed we are going to see that people are going to enter and without anybody saying anything we are going to see people throw their crutches away we are going to see the eyes of the blind open we are going to see deaf ears opened we are going to see strange diseases healed diseases of the blood diseases of the bones diseases diseases of of all shapes manners types we are going to see them disappear growth and fibroids cancers we are going to see all these devilish uh, enemies that have uh, uh, penetrated through the church we are going to see his presence drive them out as we begin to keep the patterns of the activities that he has prescribed and we will know that our god is alive turn by the roads and look ask for the ancient path where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls but they said we will not walk in it that is how the church has become but beloved of god we are in the year of restorations we are in the year that god is restoring his temple he says in haggai chapter 2 and the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former god is in the process of manifesting the greater glory and you and i we are going to be chief proponent we are going to not we are not just going to be chief proponent but we are going to be chief activist of this glory we are not just going to be chief activists but we are going to be chief participators active participants of the glory because in the meeting place god must be seen the bible says that jesus entered into the temple in the gospel of john and she saw a man a woman that was bent and could not let herself for 19 years for 18 years i believe and she said is this not a daughter of abraham the time and the season has come that we will enter into the meeting place that we will see somebody and just as peter and john said in acts chapter 3 silver and gold i do not have but such as we have in the name of the greatest whom we have guarded rise up and walk that season has come upon us people of god it is time for you and i to rise up and begin to read our bibles in a different light the old testament is not past the old testament is very much alive jesus said i have come to fulfill everything to the latter and the kingdom will not come until everything that was written even of old has been fulfilled I pray for you and I that in this season the light of God will shine on us the light from the many branches the light from the many branches that that light will shine upon us Jesus says that I am the one that stands in the midst of the lampstand jesus is the one that stands in the lampstand and i pray that we will see the jesus that stands in the lampstand he said i am the bread of life that when we enter through the veil and we see the table of showbread we will see the jesus who is the bread of life he said that 
ye not be drunken with wine wherein excess but be ye filled with the holy spirit that when we will take up the wine in his presence that we will be filled with the spirit and as we are filled with the spirit he said and the spirit offers intercessions using groanings and moanings that no man can utter that as we approach the altar of incense we will approach the altar being filled with the spirit to offer intercessions by the Spirit of God and as we enter by the Spirit that we will go to the place of the Ark of the Covenant the holiest place the place where God dwells in the midst of the cherubim that we will hear the voice of the Lord that speaks from the midst of the cherubim that on the mercy seat you and I will find mercy Hebrews chapter 4 said, Therefore, knowing that the veil has been torn apart, approach his throne with every courage and with every boldness, that you will find mercy and grace to find help in a time of need. My prayer for you and I this evening is that as we pay attention to the temple, may we discover Jesus may we discover the pathway to the gateway of the divine may this pathway lead us to god to the presence of god to the power of god to the grace of god to the to the majesty of god oh that we will enter into a realm that we will know that indeed all power belongs to god this evening i stand as one called I stand as one anointed by the Spirit. I stand as one ordained according to order. And I speak the word of God life. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.